0: Arkhamist in the Making would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is being curated and produced. We'd also like to pay our respects to all First Nations Elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people who may be listening in on our conversation today, and celebrate their continuing connection to land and water. As we are here today to listen and share... We hope that this will inspire everyone who is listening to dedicate a time and space to listen to our First Nations stories, for it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Archivist Podcast, Season 4, Hero Phenomena, which is an extension of the blog Archivist in the Making. I'm your host, Kim Blue Ho, an architecture graduate and a writer who is interested in architecture's intersection with anything and everything. I am joined by one of my friends, Sean Ho, who I'm sure you would recognize from one of our previous episodes on How Abstract Can You Be? So before we continue and explain the premise of this episode, Sean, I'm just going to get you to introduce yourself.
1: Hey everyone, how's it going? Sean checking in here with Kim. Um, so yeah, we went to university together and I did pop in on one of Kim's podcasts, I think it was sometime last year, but hard to know what last year is when this whole kind of COVID period has felt like a blur, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those kinds of days in which like, I forget my days. I had an incident where I was waking up on Wednesday or Tuesday, I think it was, and then I thought, I could sleep in a little bit more because it was a Saturday, (laughs) but it took me like a good 10 minutes (laughs) before I realised I still had to get to work and it sucks.
1: Yeah, days just seem to be a bit of a blur at the moment. Um, It's hard to know what's a Mm -hmm. weekday and weekend anymore when, you know, you're just stuck at home, but it's okay. Tough times ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hang in there. Anyhow, so... Season four, you may have noticed in the introduction, I called it Heroine Making, and it's dedicated to a series of entries and past topics that I have discussed or written in my blog. And so I think one of the reasons why I have Sean back on board is when we first recorded the abstract episode. You mentioned about looking for work, and I was pretty much in the same boat as you back then, Mm. because I think it was about a year and a bit or a few months into being unemployed I'm putting this in quotes because I was actually working but yeah I thought we might have a quick discussion well more like a long discussion about how has it been for us to find a job and in terms of like the feelings that went through it as well
1: well I think um everyone's experience in finding a job is you know very very personal you know a lot of people kind of have it easy and you know i think sometimes it's based on luck sometimes it happens to just be who you know um Mm -hmm. but anyone who's been through it can kind of say it's a very grueling your application can go one of three ways you get somebody who contacts you back your email doesn't even go through with no reply and Mm -hmm. you just get a rejection email so i mean it's tough because especially during covid Finding a job straight after uni was, I guess, what every, everyone kind of planned to happen, but life doesn't work yeah. out that way sometimes.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, actually, when did you start thinking about looking for work? Did it start when you were in bachelor's or when it was master's for you? Well, for me,
1: I started looking for work after bachelor's, but I didn't have much luck. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I had a few internships, but Yeah, I think I made a mistake of not trying and pushing harder during my master's because in my last year of master's, I was like, you know what? Life's going to be easy. The moment Mm. uni finishes, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to send out my resume. Life is going to align exactly how (laughs) I want it to. But reality check, that doesn't ever happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I was in the same boat as you or a similar boat as you because the thing was, I think I had a lot of ego, if not confidence in myself in terms of my architectural abilities or like even just in the way i presented myself would definitely help me in terms of finding a job so i wasn't as serious as working in a firm because i did an internship during between second year and third year so i went back to hong kong no surprise there to work for a little bit before coming back And also I was working at a retail job that still offered me somewhat of an architectural experience. So I was doing like drafting and doing drawings and I was already working with builders and such. And I thought that could perhaps give other firms an insight that, oh, you can still get experience without being in an architectural firm. But I think coming back from it, I think I was only more concerned about looking for work probably in my master's because unlike you, because you took a gap year, right? Did you?
1: Well, I call it a gap year, but it's just because there was a problem with one of my units, which I did in my first year. And then I ended up in my fourth bachelor year, like I ended up doing one unit for the whole entire year. So That was a very productive use of my time, as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One hour class every week for the first six months, that was, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
0: because I didn't take a gap year and I thought, like, I'll go straight into finishing Masters because I had a studio that I wanted to go to and also I was really keen on teaching because i thought if i continue straight hopefully i'll build a good connection with my tutors and then teach and then i could worry about the job process but i think it was when i started looking around other people i was surrounded by people who came back from a year out and they were working in firms and such like that's when the pressure started mounting Mm. on myself but i don't know if that happened with you as well like were you surrounded by people who were already working in fabs when you're in masters yeah
1: I mean it's (laughs) uni is a very small community you know so I mean Mm -hmm. there were people who weren't working people who were just kind of going through uni just to get it done because they've already made it that far Um, but people Mm -hmm. who also already had kind of um, all these jobs that they were working at and probably knew that they were gonna work there straight after masters so I mean it's it's easy to get pressurized by this pressure cooker that we're in you know and this added stress from uni everyone's like damn you know like am I doing something wrong am I behind should I be looking for work but I think it's just good to remember that everyone's just kind of going at their own pace and it's it's easy to get influenced by what other people are doing but you should be on your own kind of um, journey and just kind of stick to your own path and I think that's the most important thing but I won't lie you know I, I would feel kind of crap when I did see that, you know, everyone seemed to have their paths kind of set out for them and I was still kind of figuring it out, but that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was hard for me to reconcile with myself a lot, especially because when I started looking for work again, it was because I went overseas thinking that it was going to be a great experience and then realized it didn't plan out the way I wanted to be. So when I came back, I thought certain things lined up because one of the firms I was in contact with seemed to have a position but turns out they weren't having those positions and so it became like this huge drawn out process. I don't know about you but I had this huge Excel spreadsheet that it's like that tallies up when I start sending them my CBs or when to contact them, how to I contact them. I know some people have more extreme styles of it. Um, mm. One person that from what I've heard, like actually had markers of when did they have coffee with them and I was not brave enough <laughs> to do that. But it was just like constant sending emails and then you just have to start cold calling and it sucks because I'm not sure about you, but for me, I think I was quite picky because I saw myself relatively highly oops like I think I thought I was good enough and therefore I could get into those big firms but I think after a few months later just your confidence kind of wanes or at least my self-esteem started faltering and then it just became like try and look look for anywhere like any firm and see if they would just take somebody.
1: Yeah the great thing that um, I saw in you at uni was that you had a lot of confidence in your work and the way you you know communicated your ideas and I think people have that confidence at uni, but I think when you get that reality check, you
2: mm. you
1: start to internalize, you know. First, I mean, yeah, you get a few rejections. You're like, ah, oh, it's their loss. But mm. <laughs> human nature then turns to start internalizing those feelings. Like, am I not learning the job because of me? And when you mm-hmm. start to internalize that, that's the biggest thing that's wrong that you can do to yourself because then you start to question your ability and your confidence in your work and you don't really believe in your ideas anymore and that's probably the worst thing you can do especially looking for a job because when you're at your job interview you're meant to be selling your ideas selling you but how are you meant to do that if you can't even sell yourself because you don't believe in yourself so how do you expect somebody else to believe in you so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way but it's a tough process, you know, but I think the worst thing that you can do is definitely start to take it as your fault and start saying that, you know, it's not working out because of you. And COVID's a tough time, so that's definitely not what you want to do.
0: No, it's never the case as well. How was it for you, like, in terms of coping with it? Because I know you worked super hard. I think you did quite a lot as well during uni. You weren't just studying. Like, I remember talking to you, you were doing research and other side Small projects for other people and i was wondering like whether you think that was potentially one of the core things that cemented a bit of your confidence in a way or how did you market yourself as well using those experiences yeah i mean in my
1: last year of masters like i chose to uh, have a research assistant role at uni as well Mm -hmm. Um, and i did some assistant tutoring and i worked part-time at a retail store as well so I was kept quite busy with a lot of things to juggle on my plate, but I've always been that kind of person where I rather feel overworked than not working at all because uh, just the sense of productivity and accomplishment that you get in yourself is probably, like, the biggest adrenaline rush that you can get. And when you complete going through hell, uh, like I Mm -hmm. like to call it, it's just the character building that comes out of all of that. And I always looked at it in the way where what kind of person would I want to meet Mm -hmm. and what kind of person would I want to be for somebody to say we want this guy okay. or girl um, at our firm because mm-hmm. you're always trying to build this portfolio about yourself. Even if it's a small thing, there's always something you can do to talk about yourself in a way that communicates who you are. So I think the biggest things that a lot of employers look for is uh, dependability, um, honesty, mm-hmm. and just attitude. And I think attitude is something that you can't teach. It's just kind of developed on its own. You know, I mean, everyone can be good at Revit anyone can be good at rhino It just takes a bit of time but I think what you should have going into any job which comes from the experiences that you've had is definitely attitude because if you've got attitude you you'll go places and that's mm-hmm. what a company wants at the end of the day which is uh an employee that's willing to put in that extra 10% every time yeah that is what money can't buy and I think that's what yeah. moves you through in your career
0: I think it's also that but it's also like things that you can't take for granted as well And looking back, like, obviously, some of the things I've done, I enjoyed it, but I probably didn't see in hindsight, like, the other experiences that I could have, that I've gained out of it, and perhaps being able to sell that as well. I'm not sure about you, but one of the gripes I had with myself was networking. Like, I'm pretty sure that was one of the biggest terms we were taught yeah I can see yourself rolling <laughs> I, like you and I would be rolling our eyes on this but like networking was one of the things that I think drove me insane and probably made me cringe a lot because unfortunately uh an architect that I met at one of the events like architecture events I attended say like I'm was this networking. organized by uni uni and as well as in like external like you know how the institute also have those events as well or like and Sona, Sona yeah those ones it crushes your soul a little bit because it makes you wonder sometimes whether your own skills were enough to get you to other places like i had family members who were kind enough to try and put me forth to some of the people because to my surprise i only found out a few years ago that my relative was friends with the director of a firm for instance but it was just like i know they're looking out for me but a part of me is just so stubborn and perhaps proud to say the least that mm-hmm. I want to do things on my own and it's just it feels a little bit defeating sometimes I <laughs> have to go through somebody in order to land a position
1: yeah I, I completely understand because it's like you know when people say like oh, I built my empire kind of thing like you don't want to say I built my empire off dad's money or mom's money or with all this help because you you want to be able to take full credit for um mm-hmm. you know your your success but at the end of the day like I don't think there's anything wrong with saying hey you know like uh, I need some help because it takes a lot of courage to ask for help and Mm -hmm. I think it only makes you look less confident and less honest if you can't be honest with yourself and say hey you know like I need some help so if you can't even ask for help then when you go to a firm I was like what would I be like as well if I was struggling would I put my hand up and say hey I'm really struggling here or are you just going to pretend that everything's okay and then when things go to shit then gg you know like (laughs) i think honesty is not only just with other people it's with yourself as well um yeah and it's tough it's tough
0: No, no i think it's a really good point because that didn't occur to me either it's like if you can't ask for help then how do you ask for help in a work environment and then i think then it comes down to the eticacies I don't know if there is an etiquette in terms of how do you ask for help because sometimes it's like I think the blessings of last year as terrible as it was in terms of being holed up at home like teaching online was not one of the things I enjoyed I have to admit mm. but it was just being able to attend these other events and it was just slowly allowing myself to reach out to people and just express that I need help in terms of looking for work as well So I think that's also in terms of maturity and time and also just start expressing that you want something. And if you don't, sometimes if you don't make it known, then you might not get the results that you want. And I don't know, did you have something similar in a sense last year when it comes to like your process of job hunting?
1: As in like reaching out to get help and stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I had a friend from high school and his dad... Um, worked at a engineering firm, and he had a lot of connections to a lot of the big star architects, I guess in um, yeah, in Melbourne. But a lot of it is, yeah, it is about who you know, but it's also about the timing of whether they are looking mm. for somebody, mm. and especially during peak COVID period, you know, like mm. a lot of firms are firing, not hiring. And just because, you know, person A knows person B and can help you get a chat with person B, it doesn't necessarily mean person B is going to be like, yeah, jump on board because yeah, you know, me and person A Um, are such good mates and, you know, here's a $60,000 salary just because me and person A are top-notch friends,
2: happy days. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're a charity. We're going to help you out with finding a job. You look like you're having a tough time looking for a job. <laughs> Let's put you out of your misery. Thank you for walking through the door. No, nah, it's it's never like that. No. But it does put you in good terms of talking to people who can put you in the right direction. Mm. But I think where people start to get run into trouble is where they depend on this process to get a job. Because then... Yeah they're moving that responsibility off themselves onto somebody else. And when that person doesn't deliver, you mm-hmm. use them as a scapegoat for why you didn't get the job. I didn't get a job because person B said I was going to, you know, come in for a chat and they didn't offer me a job when I walked out the door. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just part of what humans do, but it, it sucks because it's, it's all up yeah. to our own responsibility to carry things through. If it doesn't work, Okay. Have a sook, cool, but don't linger on it for too long because it's time that you should be spending looking for the next opportunity.
0: I was going to ask, like, for you, how was it, like, in the space that you've been given between, like, your job and such? I might be going in circles, but... Because I think the reason why for last season's episode when um, Gina and I did the Is This What You Wanted, it was because the two of us were... For me, personally, I was just getting frustrated at All the dead ends or what feels like a dead end in terms of my job search and then gina was saying that she has a lot of conversations of people questioning about our industry as well not to put it in a bad light at least and so i think it took me a while it wasn't until speaking to eugenia that it took me a while to realize like the space that i've been given between unemployment in quotes again because i was working but never felt like i was working and now I was able to harness a few things I so like I was able to write a lot more so then that gave me another freelance job which I absolutely love now and then able to like meet all these people and get their opinions across which has been really nice so yeah if you could tell me a little bit about your experience as well between that space mm.
1: I think my experience would have probably been actually a lot of lows you know a lot of a lot of doubt mm. in myself um mm-hmm. I always just tried to keep busy you know with could it be doing that extra 10% like I was talking about before you know so I yeah. I sat down and I questioned myself between this employment and unemployment I mean I was working but it was at retail but not in I think in the context of yeah. this conversation it's about architecture and yeah I would say between the duration of graduating and finding a job was um a year and two months but I was trying to thought about in a sense, like, what can I be doing in this time that the other people who are looking for jobs aren't doing? Could Mm -hmm. it be self-learning? Could it be self-development? Could it be putting together an architectural website that showcases my work? You know, how many people can send out a portfolio with a website tag on it saying, hey, you know, like, my digital portfolio is located at this URL. Mm -hmm. And I think it's these tiny things that honestly make the difference because, yeah, we're feeling crap about not being able to find a job but Mm
2: -hmm. so are
1: hundreds maybe thousands of other students who are in the same position so I think you always have to kind of question what you're doing and say what can I be doing that the vast majority of people aren't and when you have that Mm -hmm. mindset then you're always trying to think of outside the norm of what you can do and I think it's this that helps move you into that employment space
0: I kind of wish some firms actually do see that. I don't know about you, but I feel... I sometimes do get a little bit emotional talking about this topic. That's all right, I'm well. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you're okay too. Just checking in. But But um, it's just that sometimes I ask myself, like, to firms... Like, it's, it's not their fault because, understandably, they want to take in somebody with a lot of industry experience or have some form of industry experience. And therefore those people do get paradise. whereas for us it's like I hope they do understand that not everybody's going to have that ability to get that form of industry experience as well but that we have done other things like you and I we both tutored right like you've also been a guest crit which by the way if anybody's scouting for crits Sean is an amazing person but um it's like so I think sometimes there has been days where I've just kind of want to tell them like I've been in this type of environment that you design for and I've been in close contact with those types of people and I would like it if you can understand that that's equally as valuable as somebody in the firm experience as well because as you can as you said like you can immediately learn Revit if you're determined then you will be able to pick up skills really quickly because i'm sure everybody who gets a job maybe making an assumption but surely like grads when they get a job they seldomly that they would take things for granted and so it's more about it would be nice if firms kind of broaden their horizons a little bit in that aspect but then at the same time i don't think i don't know if what i'm saying is fair because i haven't been in that position before And sometimes now that I'm working, I know deadlines are tight. And so sometimes you hope that that person you employ can immediately fit into the mold when in reality, it isn't always the case. I'm like in trouble for saying this, but that's at least one of my frustrations I had, I think, during the past nearly two years. I was looking for work as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, during that whole job hunt thing, I tried to understand what the hiring process was like from the other end, as in the process Mm -hmm. it takes from step A, receiving a resume to what they do after. A lot of the time, you know, like any hiring process, these guys get hundreds, thousands of, you know, resumes and portfolios in a week. And we'd be ridiculous Mm -hmm. to say that, why didn't they look at my portfolio? And here you are sending like a... 50 page portfolio of diagrams and stuff. Ain't nobody got time (laughs) to look through things like that. I've seen, I've heard of people sending folios that thick, and I'm like, just cut it down to 10. You know, like 10 is all you need. Just a good, short, and sharp snapshot of who you are.
2: The Mm -hmm.
1: biggest shots, and diagrams, and renders, and communicative ideas that you can, and then lead them on to want to meet you. That's That's what your portfolio is. Like, employers literally have maybe 20 seconds to get an impression as to the kind of person um, you are and the type of work that you're going to do. And as well as that, a lot of firms have already got an idea as to who Mm. they want to do. So I also learned in a few instances, a lot of jobs that people post on LinkedIn, it's just for show um yeah they are number one either just testing the market to see how many people nibble at that bait or they've already got somebody in mind and they're just trying to make it look like they're giving everybody else an opportunity but they already have yeah. somebody in mind then i know it sucks to hear but that is what it is you know like that it's
2: that better stuff happens. that we know <laughs> yeah than, uh, like
0: yeah it's important that we are aware of it i think that's just one of the frustrations it's like we we have to find these things out as we keep going, no matter how long it takes that, like, these reality checks... Yeah. ...either come to us immediately or it takes some time for us to realize it. It's, it's not a glowing endorsement on our profession, but then if we can be completely honest, it happens everywhere. Because yeah. I think it's a bit of a two-way street. Like, you look for jobs... And then for them, they also, as you said, like, see how good they are in terms of the bait. So it's also a bit of a reputation check to see how they fare.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we may believe in ourselves that we're the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. The work that we're doing (laughs) is, like, godlike. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, nobody's going to hire you just purely because of sympathy or because you feel bad about yourself and then they're going to be like, Hey, let me get you out of that situation. I got you. It's, um, they have their higher ups to, to please. And what are they going to say when they go to their directors? Hey, this guy's work is below par. Uh, but he sounded quite good and confident in his thing and I do feel bad for him. So maybe we should give this guy a shot. no, no one's ever okay. going to hire based on that pre- premises, you know? Like, it's uh, yeah. as yeah, optimistic it... as we want to be, like, it just doesn't happen. Like, you people go in with this optimism of this person's going to give me a chance. But no, you got to mm. also present yourself in the best light possible. And then when you're yeah. there, that's when you give them a chance. But they're not going to give you a chance during the hiring process because they can either give you a chance or they can have a lot more confidence in somebody else who has better skills than you or can present themselves better. And they're not going to go with the underdog. <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> make sense as a business. Like they're, They've they got profits and revenue that they have to keep in mind and they have to think about the best person to bring into their firm to deliver and continue delivering great work. So oh, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a super good topic that um, we're talking about. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think it's um it's hard to say because the thing is I feel like whenever we talk about job hunting and such or like if you see forums about looking for work and like employment and all I find that a lot of people kind of expect like what are the cookie cutter or like the foolproof way to ensure that you manage to get your foot in the door to get an interview as well and unfortunately like there's not as much as perhaps like there Could be potentially people who would be listening to our conversation thinking that there are solutions, but realistically, there isn't, right? And for me, I think I kind of got lucky in that. Um, I did attend one of the sonar events, but it took me like, it took me, I think, oh god, I'm embarrassed to say this. I think it took me around like five five couple of letters like several portfolios and like constant updates to them before like one day i managed to break through that wall and it's also like i don't think i would have even approached that person working to that firm if like a few years ago my friend didn't even tell me about them so i think it's just it's a combination of different things that accumulate over time before something gets realized as well like, yes, it does take networking and it does take a lot of examining your own portfolio and actually be willing to ask for help. I think that was one of the things, like, in addition to asking for help in terms of work, but it's also asking for help to review the work that I present and the couple letters that I've written to finally then be able to break through a mould that I think I've been just so protective of before I could lead somewhere. Yeah, it, it's not easy for everybody to talk about and not gonna lie i think um going back to the conversation we had early on like this was off recording so this was never recorded in person but i remember you were telling me how our career since after graduating so after two years our relevancy expires as well and I think for a part of me that freaked me out a little bit after you told me about it and that's when I start asking myself like what else can I do because I think it was reaching I think I was close enough to reach a breaking point at the end of last year to say that if nobody wants me by the end of this year so 2021 uh in June I'm gonna quit architecture altogether <laughs> and actually change professions which is yeah I'm not gonna lie I actually did say that but just never made a public announcement of it
2: as well.
1: Yeah, I think um I still stand by what I said and you know, I think 2 uh-huh. years maybe 3 um mm. after that I feel, you know, yes, you can say, you know, design is always Im- embedded in your mind and it will come to you. But no, it's like it's just like the gym or exercising, you know, like design mm. is an exercise. It's like the moment you drop out of that for 3 years, like I think it's great. You have your, your your education and you can say, you know, I completed my master's. But when firms look at people and see the year that you've graduated, they will take a fresh uh, grad over somebody who's been out of the design space for three years. And I know it sucks, you know, and COVID I'm sure hasn't helped. But I think the best thing you can do at the moment is just trying to find opportunities to, you know, find some side hustle, or if you know somebody that's designing something, maybe you can jump on board, a freelancer, just anything to show that in this time that you didn't have the job that you wanted, you were still finding these ways to maximize your opportunity to build up your folio, build up something you can talk about in a discussion to hopefully get you in the right um, step in getting a job. But I think the worst thing you can do is kind of just sit, and wait for an opportunity to Mm. fall into your lap because the window of opportunity actually grows smaller on you when when time goes on I think it's hard to find a job you're making it harder on yourself so I mean last year as well I felt like going back to uni to do project management because I was like if I'm not going to be able to find a job then what I want to do is to try and you know improve my self-worth and improve uh, my skill set but when I really thought about it 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 turned out perfectly because I I got an offer for my job. Um, But I think having this attitude that, you know, you're always proud but never satisfied and that you want to continue to work on yourself, even if times are tough and things aren't working out, it's it's through this adversity that I think you become a very confident person. And it builds toward talking about who you are as a person when it comes to your interview. You know, yeah, times Mm -hmm. were shit, but I didn't let that stop me from chasing my goals and even if it was a step forward it's better than no step at all or a step backward so you know I think I think a lot of it is to do with luck but a lot of it is also to do with opportunity that you know comes your way but how you get more opportunities by creating more opportunity yourself opportunity opportunity doesn't just come because it comes because you've allowed for that to happen you open more doors for yourself and mm-hmm. maybe you know you're not just looking at architect- architecture like yeah that's what it says on our graduate certificate but there are so many avenues that you can reach into project management construction management companies like multiplex pro build um lend like these companies look for architects because you have a sense of how buildings come together and you may not be in the design but or you could even do urban design you know like there's literally anything you can do and you don't have to do architecture just because you have architecture on your degree. So I think opening up your window as well, you know, not just looking at Woods Baggett and Hable and Cox <laughs> and all these names, because if you're just limit hassle, yeah, you can, we can name drop, but you, you can definitely have a lot of opportunity if you look outside the box, you know? And I think yeah. if you know how things come together and how to, lead people these huge development companies have graduate programs and they will also look at you because I think you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're only looking for architectural design
0: I think like two things that resonate like just thinking two quotes that came up to me one of them is one of my very old mantras that I don't I sometimes forget that I used to say it but one is Whether you like it or not, hard work will always get you somewhere. Like, yes, it may not get you to the places you want, but at least it's moving you forward in order to probably reach to where you want. And then the other one was, I think it was a huge weight off my shoulders when I I first had it last year, was that you are not defined by your job. Because I think there's so much pressure in terms of us having to study what we've studied and therefore there's that expectation for us to go to these like really famous star architect firms that we know so like some of these medium to small practices I think they're making huge names and so there's that expectation that we also have to try and get ourselves in there in addition to those big practices that we just mentioned as well. I'm not sure about you but going back to earlier as you both of us mentioned, we were employed but it was just that I think for us it's also that five years or those five and a half years of studying you're wondering whether it all comes down to this sometimes like I think I don't know about your low points but sometimes my own low points was I spent five years of producing all these ideas and then if this isn't getting me anywhere then what were those five years for sometimes? I think like that was some of my lowest points in saying. And also like when I was tutoring, when I sometimes I'm asking myself like, do I have the right to teach? Like, yes, I've had probably four or five more years ahead of those students, but at the same time, if I think about my first year self, even though somebody told me that first years generally don't know much, sorry but I don't know if I want to agree or disagree (laughs) in that part. But it's more like, I think my first year, I remember saying that I think I would have preferred if somebody was in the industry to teach me, then I would at least have a bit of a reality check on what the industry is like. But then I'm kind of going against that. So there was a little bit of trying to tell myself, you don't have to work in your field (laughs) to teach. And also you don't have to necessarily work in the field that you're studying because... They always market architecture as one of the avenues that can take you to several other ones. So, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but.
1: Um, I think human nature, part of us, we try to formulise our work into what we deserve or what we should be owed. So Mm -hmm. taking it back to uni, you know, you you spend a whole night working on something and you think it's Mm -hmm. great. You put in 12 hours of work. So that must mean it should equal a great job in class. But what we begin to do is we start to form this expectation of what we want out of the situation. And if your teacher says, no, your work is crap, do it again. This expectation of expecting them to be like, this is amazing, is now it's crap, do it again. Then Mm -hmm. this disappointment is I think what destroys a lot of people's confidence. And it's like looking for a job, you know, like we always kind of yeah. say, I studied my ass off for the last five years. Why isn't anyone taking me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But isn't every architecture student looking for a job also in the same position? Yeah. So I think we start to, you know, take responsibility. And like I said again, like we start to feel it's our fault. But everyone's yeah. in the same damn position.
0: Um, It's hard to separate yourself from that though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm not sure if it happened to you, but yeah, I think I certainly found myself hard to separate myself from that though.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, whoever's listening or, you know, I think you just remind yourself that it's not your fault.
2: You know, Mm. it's
1: it's honestly not your fault. As long as you can wake up in the morning and just say, you know, I'm going to give it another go and keep sending out resumes and trying to seek whatever opportunity I can, I think that's the best thing you can be doing to yourself, for yourself, So yeah. poor English, um, for yourself, <laughs> yeah, um, good. yeah, um, yeah, I think it's hard to, to separate sometimes, and I mean, look, I had a lot of sleepless, night, sleepless nights, like, thinking about jobs and whatever, mm. but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough, it's tough.
0: I know, it's, I think, like, looking at now, like, i'm not sure about you but have you seen how job ads are booming everywhere now Mm. it's like i think for both of us and also one of my mentors who i've met like we happen to be in that group that graduated during the time when our industry was struggling or is currently struggling and therefore it just happened so that it just became a bottleneck effect where there's a load of us who are looking for work and only very few of us were successful in finding something yeah um like as you said like luck but I also would like to think timing is something that you just have to be really patient about but the nicest thing that came out of it was that it just shows that there is a support network as well so my friends and I we would just constantly share job ads with each other just in hopes of getting one of us through and I think that was the same for you because I noticed like your friends also let you know when there were jobs available.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, a very competitive uh, kind of process. But I think a lot of people are kind of free-for-all where they don't want to share job ads because at the end of the day, you're competing with that person to, you know, get in. It's like, let me ask you a question. It's like, let's just say job A comes up and you Mm -hmm. share job A's ad to your mate and your mate gets the job a lot of people would be quite annoyed because they could be like, oh, it could have been me. But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like it's you're looking out for friends and you're looking out for, you know, you want the best for your friends. And if that firm thinks that your friend is better, then you should be happy for them. You should be mm. trying to share and build your resources together to work together so that your friend will actually try and help you too. Because people have a sense of owing people, you know, like people want to also help people who help them. I guess that's Mm. how I always see, you know, my friendships and relationships. It's always about treat others how you want to be treated, you know. And I think Mm -hmm. giving others a helping hand, they'll also give you a helping hand. And the worst thing you can also do right now is just kind of stick to yourself because, yeah, it's a cruel world out there. Mm -hmm. People will shoot you down, but if you can stand with friends and, you know, cry when you don't get offers but you know celebrate when these things go through then isn't that what life is about
0: you know yeah people to
1: share these moments with
0: i think like it's important to definitely have a really good group of people around you when looking for work as well like i think if there's a takeaway from this conversation today is like know who are the people who are standing in your corner as well like definitely there will be like acknowledge the times that you can get envious of somebody or a bit like jealous of someone but that and that's completely okay because like i hope well they probably would have just worked as equally as hard as you just to get to that position and just perhaps so that they may be a better fit for the time being and then you just have to keep trying and then somebody would extend their hand out to you as well
1: yeah, I mean we always see what's on the surface, right? You know, but
0: mm-hmm. we
1: know that a lot of work happens in the background and a mm. lot of work that people don't know about. So it's selfish of people to think, you know, I didn't I deserve to get that job more over mm-hmm. that person. But you can't think like that. Because everyone owes themselves something and they as well can be proud of the work that they've done and you can't go around shooting people down because you think that you're better than them and deserve the job more no one deserves something Mm. more than anybody else. If you go around with like that kind of attitude, then you just become such a toxic person to be around because it's always about you. And if you're always about you, then it's not a great trait to be able to, you know, reflect when you look back at yourself and say, Oh, is that the kind of person that I'm becoming? And it's like, it turns people against each other. It's like hunger games. It's like no one wants to help out (laughs) each other. Everyone's like keeping their clots close to their chest, but it should be collaborative. It should be, you know, a fun process. And it's like, okay, get shot down, come back up again, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And slowly your comrades will start getting jobs. You know, maybe you're just tagging behind a little bit, but patience. But just also know that, you know, this window of opportunity, you should also be using this time to maximize the knowledge and knowledge is power, Um, Mm -hmm. trying to gain, um, you know, this ability to push ahead, even in these tough times. I think that's the most important
2: thing
0: yeah there's always plan b and c and d and onwards like if things don't work out for us and i think that was just something that kept us going was because we thought of alternatives like i don't know about yours i think mine was slightly unconventional because for me it was more like i've got rabbit and this is i could i could have pushed it further potentially but at the same time i feel like i also got other areas that i can offer as well and i hope each person can see that they do have something else that they can offer. It's just now finding that space for them to just keep improving it as well as you did. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you can also say on the other end, you know, like if you have a plan B and a plan C, then it distracts you from plan A. Some people Mm. go all in on plan A because you don't want to have to think about what if, you know, you, you work even harder to try and make sure plan A goes through, I think. It's kind yeah, of two true. ways you can look at it. Like, some people like having safety nets, like Plan B, Plan C. Um, some mm-hmm. people are just so hungry that you know Plan A is the only thing that they're going that they're going to accept. But yeah, reality is I think it's good to have a Plan B, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: you should commit everything to Plan A. True. Um, sure. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. Of course, you know don't burn bridges. Don't talk smack about other firms because at the end of the day small industry, word gets round and you don't want your name blacklisted because of something that you said. And our word yeah. is binded to us like nothing else. You know your mm-hmm. words people remember you for what you say. Um so if mm-hmm. you badmouth someone, badmouth a firm, it will come back to you one day. It may not be now, yeah. but ten years later they'll remember that didn't you say this about our firm 10 years ago? No. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> right, you, got, you got it all wrong. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> that was the old yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Know where you prioritize things as well. I think, yeah, I think I was pretty close to just being sideways or sidetracked by other ambitions. But at least we got to where we want to be, I yeah. hope.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like Uh we're always continuously growing and, you know, trying to figure out for ourselves who we want to be. And mm, the fact of the matter is a lot of us are still young um, and we don't have the answers yet. But Uh I think the best thing to do during job hunting is have an intention behind doing stuff don't just send out 50 resumes or 50 portfolios because that's what people are doing ask yourself what am i doing with these 50 what do i hope to achieve out of this 50
2: Hmm. this
1: 50 that i'm sending out now how is this different from the 10 that i sent out before and that i got no replies for if you have intent behind what you're trying to do about you know doing your action then i think you'll get more purpose into the why and i think it's the why that's Mm. super important you know why am i sending out the 50 well i tried sending out my 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 resume to x number of firms in the beginning and it didn't work out because x didn't happen but if i try use my resume in this way if i try to rearrange my portfolio if i rework my cover letter Hey, you know, like if you start to look at firms and actually what kind of work that they're doing, you're not going to send out your resume or your portfolio, which is full of residential work to a firm Mm -hmm. that only does,
2: I don't know, (laughs) commercial. commercial? (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
1: okay, well, that's one out of 50. That's, you know, probably not going to work out, but you should be going in with the intention that you expect to hear 50 back because then you're in a better position to say, Hey, I got a job. (laughs) Right. So you' got to sound like you care about the firm, what can you offer them?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: not what you can mm-hmm. offer architecture in general
0: definitely it's it's always about the other person. It's not about yourself like as much as it is about yourself, it's also it's again, it's a collaborative environment, so you got to think like a team to an extent. Some people might disagree with me on that, but yeah, that's the point of the discourse yeah oh, I was just
1: gonna say like, don't be afraid to reach out for help you know mm-hmm. getting your friend to mm-hmm. look through your resume you know mm-hmm. there's small things you can do that makes a difference you know you can send out your portfolio to these firms you know address it to the HR address it to the director like mm-hmm. it's this extra bit of investment into the intent behind what you're doing which is going to make a huge difference but yeah that's enough yeah. for me I can, I can babble on for hours about this so <laughs> no no no
0: it's been great Sean I really really appreciate your time today and I hope like it didn't open too many too many feelings <laughs> for you I don't know I just always find that if I look back at a job hunting it's um I mean granted pr- it did feel like two years even though if I think about it, it probably was more like a year and a half that it took me but I do know there are some people who are still looking for work and have worked did graduate from my year and it's kind of like it sucks to be on the sidelines witnessing so like the best thing you can do like all the best i can do is just be there for them if they need a hand or something not saying i can guarantee that it will definitely get them a job because it took me so many before i finally got one right
1: (laughs) i think the best way to look at it is it doesn't matter if you send out 100 resumes or 200 resumes but if the 200th one is a job offer all those other rejection letters don't matter at the end of the day right and i think that's what people have to understand it's just like don't give up don't yeah. crystallize your losses you know like you're mm-hmm. saying yeah exactly just be kind just have faith in the process and mm-hmm. yeah if you get it rejected 500 times 600 times but if the 601st one is the one those 600 before don't matter Uh, I think, isn't that the same idea as the Thomas Edison light bulb situation? It's just like, if he gave up at, you know, whatever number he stopped at, the one before, (laughs) it's like, Yeah. yeah, you lose out on something. So, Yeah. persistence. Yep, persistence is key.
0: Okay, I think we have spoken a lot about it and apologies if anybody felt a little bit down by the episode because it was a pretty grim time, but I think it's a really important reality check for everybody that there are different types of timelines. But yeah, before we close off, Sean, do you have anything else you want to say?
1: I have a lot to say, but I think I summed it up very well in...
0: The last yeah so. <laughs> no, you did you did that's fine if not we'll just have to bring you back for like a mini mini segment for the two of us we can just talk about around about for a long time start your own show Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. but yeah. yeah okay if that's the case do you have any handles or social media because you do used to have a photography editing do you still do that no
2: uh
1: no no Uh, no. i just kind (laughs) of stopped because i don't know oh in all honesty like photography was fun i still enjoy that but i think yeah social media the term social media which is another can of Mm -hmm. worms i think the way that you know you need to have this engagement to be able to grow uh i i don't have time for that anymore
0: yeah yeah Yeah, same yeah i'm pretty slack online as well and i log out online as much as i can if you've got any social handles i'll definitely link them in the notes as always and similar with us please follow us on alchemists in the making which is all in one word on instagram if not please subscribe so we can reach to more people i can't believe i'm saying this now it feels really weird and yeah so hopefully we'll see you next time stay safe and stay curious and thanks for listening
2: Bye. bye